0: Today is the last day to join the Quiet Mind membership for the fall season, and we start working with Ayurveda tomorrow. It's a whole month focused on Ayurvedic techniques, the sister science of yoga. Ayurveda means Ayur, life, Veda, wisdom, wisdom of life extension and health. And that's really the foundation of everything I do, is I want to live a healthy life and help you live a healthy life. And I learn things, I try things, experiment, and then I share what works. So Quiet Mind Membership is where I share everything I do, and that's weekly classes. There's now six weekly classes that are all uploaded within a week to the membership. You can access on-demand anytime, and there's now 85-plus classes, gentle, meditation, hatha, vinyasa, yin, and soon-to-be even restorative, and power yoga, because I love all of the styles, and I think there's a place for all of them, and sometimes we need more yin practices, more receptive, slower practices. Sometimes we need more yang practices, more active, strong, and exerting the physical expression of our bodies. So that's all inside of there, and every month there's a new focus in the core competencies of yoga that I teach. So we cycle through six core competencies, and next month is the Vedic Sciences of Ayurveda. So what this means for you is learning your dosha, your unique type, Op- optimal diet routines yoga practices meditation for your type and noticing when you go out of balance in one way or excessive in another way or deficient in one way it's working with the elements fire air water earth and ether which is the foundation of ayurvedic medicine and of course there are many examples of yogis who live well past 100 years old and well into old age with health and vitality and wellness and good cognition as well, and yoga and meditation gives us a lot of skills for that, and one of those skills is meditation. So today I'll be sharing that, and this is from the Quiet Mind Yoga teacher training that's in session right now. So the next one of that won't open until March 2021, but we have an amazing group in class right now, and this week we've been focusing on meditation, and in this podcast I've been sharing just a a couple insights, you know, some of the things we're working on and things that you can uh, include in your practice and learn from. So today is focusing on meditation. But before we get started, if you want to check out the Quiet Mind membership, go to the link in the show description or quietmind.yoga slash membership is where you can sign up. And today is the last day. So if you go tomorrow, that page will redirect you to a waiting list. And then the next time we'll open is on December 21st, actually, on the fall or the uh, winter solstice. So I go by the seasons. So four times a year we open up so that we can go through these series of classes together as a community. And that's something that we all really need right now, a sense of community and connection. And even with people all over the world, it's an honor to get to create that sense of connection and community and you know, there's so many people, we want these similar things of having a healthy body, mind, getting out of the uh, sort of distractions of social media and the noise of politics and all the stuff going on in the world that's sort of vying for our attention and trying to keep us focused on things that we cannot control. And yoga practices are all about what do we have agency over? What can we actually influence? Can't control what the president does or what this country does or uh, what this governor does as much as we might want to vote and be active politically and we do our best to do those things as they're relevant to us but ultimately the only thing of all the things in the universe the only thing we can control and yoga yogis knew this thousands of years ago is where we put our attention we can choose to put our attention on things that we can directly influence like the yamas and niyamas And we can choose to put our attention on things we can't influence, like the weather or what some other person is doing or what some political party is saying about this other political party and this legislation and this law. Right? Unless you're actually making those laws or signing those deals and work in Congress or something like this, uh, there's very little that we can actually influence. And there's a whole lot of noise out there. And there always has been. And when I went to India, is very, very noisy. Uh, you know, it, maybe it wasn't so much back in the day when these yogis were practicing, but they also knew the sort of illusion, the Maya of human experience, the transient nature of things. Right? The story of the Buddha is a good example. This is something I had the students in my teacher training watch a documentary about the story of Buddha, because you might not know, uh, but he was really basically a yogi. He was doing what yogis did at the time, which was extreme ascetic practices, major restraints like, I'm only going to eat a grain of rice a day, nothing else, and the rest of my time I'm sitting in meditation trying to reach moksha or liberation or enlightenment, and there's so many different words for this in Jainism. It's nirvana uh, in uh, 90s grunge music. It's nirvana <laughs> and, Uh, In the the Hinduism tradition, it's moksha, it's liberation. It means getting free from the bondage of cycles of birth and rebirth and suffering Mm -hmm. and craving so that we connect to our true nature underneath all of these ups and downs and comings and goings. And one of the most powerful things I learned, and I did a 10-day meditation retreat a few years ago, in uh, the Vipassana tradition, which is what the Buddha taught. And over and over again, they would say this word, anicca, which is a Pali word that the language of the Buddha spoke for impermanence. So whatever is coming up in your life, maybe you're affected by the f- fires in California. Maybe you're affected by the lockdowns. Maybe you've lost your job this year. It's been a very, very challenging year. As I've been documenting on the Quiet Mind Astrology podcast, uh, there is a cycle happening that hasn't happened since 1776 as American Revolution. And it's it's that level of transformation of change of structures happening for another two years or so. So it's still going on and uh, it's not going to let up too much anytime soon. There's some changes happening right now, but overall there's change and there's always, always going to be change. And the really cool thing about yoga and meditation is this stuff has withstood all of that change. Humans keep coming back to, I can control my attention. I can't control external factors. I can choose to have certain beliefs about these external factors, and I can have beliefs that are uh, disempowering and beliefs that are empowering. Something like Taoism, I find extremely empowering of understanding the nature of things, and this concept of the soft overcomes the hard that things are always changing, anicca, things are impermanent. Uh, This is the sort of Buddhist perspective of things. And there's the Hindu perspective of, there's always this constant births and rebirths and cycles of experience, and time is an infinite repeating cycle, and it's called yugas. So it's not just, oh, 2,000 years ago is when we started counting uh, the calendar that we use now. It's millions of years of cycles And they just keep repeating. And everything we're doing now has happened before. And it's going to happen again. And it's this repeating cycle. So that's one perspective of things. Uh, But whatever we choose to believe, that's one of the foundational aspects of our attention. And through meditation, what we're doing is pointing our attention in a singular direction and becoming aware of whatever arises. So it's like if you choose to focus on Uh, A cloud in the sky and you just kind of watch it and you notice how it changes over time and then there's birds chirping in the distance and there's a breeze in the air and you're thinking about what you ate for breakfast and you're thinking about the future. All of these phenomena are constantly coming and going and then eventually that cloud just dissipates and it's gone and you focus on something else. And in that process of just focusing our attention, maybe you focus on your breath, noticing the rise and fall of the inhale and exhale. We become aware of something underneath that. So there's all this change always happening. How do we even know that? How do we even observe that there is change? There has to be something inside of us that is constant and steady. And that is our true self, our witnessing awareness, the Atman. And through meditation, what we're doing is directing our conscious attention And what we truly are is this this vast consciousness and choosing where to focus our attention. Meditation gives us the awareness of that. And we can choose things that are empowering or disempowering. And they give us uh, energy, bring us balance, or they bring us out of balance. So I want to share today a, a set of practices and tools that you can approach meditation with And these are mudras and mantras based on the chakras. So I'm covering a lot of things here in a short time, but I have a free PDF that you can download and see all this very nicely laid out. So you can get that at quietmind.yoga slash meditations, quietmind.yoga slash meditations, or the link in the show notes. And it's just a diagram that shows you for each of the chakras, the energy centers in the body, which I haven't covered much here on this podcast, but I will more in the future, there is a related mantra. And for each of these, there's also a related hand position you can use, or a mudra. So the seven chakras, again, this is a big topic that I'm not going to get into too much today. But the idea is that we become aware of these energies within us, and they are correlated to different aspects of our human experience. And we can't control what happens with a partner that we're in a relationship with. We can't control what happens with our family members and their choices. Or maybe we choose to live in a neighborhood and we can't control what the neighbors do, what happens in the neighborhood. We can try to uh, make positive choices. Maybe be a good community member, be a good partner, good parent, good family member. Focus on being of service. How can I serve other people? Always. As Martin Luther King Jr. said, life's most persistent question is what are we doing to serve other people? And I think that's very important to always come back to and focus on that. How can I get an alignment in myself and feel clear and centered through meditation, through my practices, and then be of service to others? And then the areas that we can direct our attention, the seven chakras encompass all of that. So this is more of an energetic anatomy topic, but it it's really interwoven with meditation. So the idea is that once we become aware of all these parts of ourselves and our human experience, we can notice where there are things that are out of balance, excessive or deficient. Chakra means wheel, and we have these seven wheels, these energy vortices in our body. They're conceptual, but there are nerve, uh, bundles of nerves in each of these areas, so there is a physical corollary to this. But it is more conceptual and energetic. And there's the root chakra, the base of the spine, the sacral chakra the, the, around the sexual organs, the navel chakra, solar plexus, the heart chakra at the center of the chest, the throat chakra, the neck, and the third eye, but above and between the eyebrows, the center of the skull, and then the crown chakra at the top of the head. Maybe you've seen these. They go by the colors of the rainbow as well. Roy G. Biv. Uh, red, orange, yellow, going up from the bottom. So the root chakra is red, and then the second is orange. Third chakra is yellow, green, blue, indigo, purple, or violet. So Roy G. Biv, going up the chakras, and uh, we'll go more in depth in this in a future episode, but real, real quick, root chakra is our foundation, our roots, our stability, security, our family and tribe. Second chakra is our sense of touch, taste, sound, all of the five senses and our connection with others and our sexual energy and creative energy. Third chakra is our power, willpower, discipline, and uh, confidence, healthy sense of ego. Heart chakra is our love, compassion, kindness, and care for others, care for ourselves. The throat chakra is our communication, our expression. And in the beginning was the word. You know, so we express and create with our words. So the, the crown or sorry, the third eye is our intuition and uh, had to use my intuition there for a second. And that's where we have insight. And there's actually some optical tissue just like the actual eyeballs. In this area there is some optical tissue similar to the eyeballs. So it's like with our two eyes we see out and with our third eye we see in. Then the crown chakra, top of the head, Sahashara chakra, there's a Sanskrit word for all of these two, not going to get into that, uh, but there's a thousand petal lotus, and you can imagine a big lotus blooming off the top of your head, and that's our connection to higher wisdom, spirituality, greater meaning, and in babies. This remains soft in those first couple months, and then finally hardens as the bones uh, fuse together, so Sort of closing off our connection to Source, right? It's a concept of we're very much, as babies, very much still connected to Source and not fully formed as humans yet. But after a few months, it depends, it's a little different for everybody, but uh, a few, several months that the fontanelle solidifies and they lose that soft spot and uh, they make the transition from spirit to form and then they start to become more identified with form. And mine, me, that, pointing out, uh, beginning to identify with their environment as humans. And we do that. We've all done that. That's our part of our growth. So for each of these chakras, there's there's these qualities we can focus on. And maybe as I shared those, there's certain qualities that stood out to you that have become deficient or excessive. Maybe you've lost your sense of stability and security this year with all the shutdowns and everything. You've lost your job. That is massive. That is a huge transition and can shake your foundation. And now your root chakra is deranged, destabilized. Uh, I got to work with Anadeya Judith, one of the best teachers on the chakras. You can check out her books if you're interested. She has many great books about the chakras. And she talks about chakras being deranged and out of range. So your root chakra may be deranged this year from all the changes. So, doing a meditation that will help you recenter and ground again could be helpful for the root chakra. And to do that, to to bring energy and attention to any of these energy centers, right? So maybe I've had a, a loss or a grief. I want to bring attention to the heart. Maybe I've had issues with my boundaries or uh, addiction. I want to bring attention to the second chakra. So essentially, these mantras and mudras are balancing and if you go too far with them and do them too often and focus too much on them then they become excessive and you have issues of excess you can also have issues of deficiency of with the second chakra not having boundaries not having healthy boundaries and constraints on your time and energy giving too much so that's a deficiency of the second chakra or a deficiency of the root might be not having a sense of home place purpose family tribe security finances so we want to increase the energy so doing these mudras and mantras will help increase balance but going too far doing them too often too much will create excess and then you become too like for the root chakra too much uh focus on security and stability and maybe hypochondria of constantly worrying about your security your health your wellness and your finances and hoarding and holding on to things So the root is about our containing energy. And all these uh, centers are about containing energy to a degree, but especially the root chakra. Maybe you've had trouble communicating yourself, communicating your desires and being creative, so your throat chakra is having issues. And if you have physical ailments in any of these areas, Right for the third chakra would be the lower back. Could be the uh, second or third chakra. Low back pain very common. Uh, majority of people have low back pain issues, and weak cores, and a strong sense of ego in our modern society. You know, we've all got our social media pages where we like to curate our identity and show off our ego. And this is me. Look at me being successful. Look at me happy and free and playful. Right? Or it's look at me not being uh one of these fake people on the internet i'm look how real i am right that's a sense of ego too it's hard to to slip away from it it's very sneaky uh so that's all third chakra stuff that could also if it becomes excessive show up as issues with digestion low back pain things like this right, so very cool how it all connects and again meditation is the skill of attuning our attention to become aware of energy in the body, aware of where we're putting our attention. And the chakras give us a map to say, okay, maybe your attention's gone off here and you're uh, not living in your heart as much as you'd like or as you used to. And there's a deficiency there. Your heart's kind of shut down. Maybe you got hurt and there's a grief that needs to be felt and processed. Doing the mantra for the heart and the muja for the heart can help bring out that grief to feel it because it's all changing it's all in Nietzsche it's all impermanent and there's this fear sometimes that if i feel it it's going to overwhelm me and destroy me and i just i'll be a wreck and that's that's okay that's normal and that's the ego again uh worried concerned uh afraid of losing its identity but the reality is everything is impermanent and changing and you felt terrible at times, you felt amazing at times, and it all changes. It's, it's never permanent. Emotions are energy in motion. So if they're somewhere they're stuck and the heart shut down, or your creative energy shut down, or your connection to source is shut down, and you feel apathetic, then it's time to bring attention to that area and allow the energy to be in motion again and let the emotions move through, and not be attached to them, not get stuck in them, but to let them move. So these mantras and mudras can help you do that. So the mudras are a bit hard to explain on audio. So I recommend you download the free PDF, quietmind.yoga slash meditations, all lowercase, or click the link in the show notes. But uh, there's a seed mantra for each one, which I will share, and then the mudra, which you'll just need to see it really to to get it. uh, And the diagrams are pretty nice. So if you want to increase energy in one of these, use the mudra and the mantra. So the mantras, very easy to remember. They all end with "um," and from the root up. So I'm just going to say them all, all seven of them. Lam, vam, ram, yam, ham, aom, and silence. Or sometimes, ang. So those are the seven sounds, the bija mantras, the seed mantras. And just like planting a seed, you wrap it in intention, you give it love and care, sunlight, water, and you give it time to grow. And it will. And I always think of so many times in my past where I learned something and like, okay, I'll try that on, you know, see how it works, see if that's really going to make any difference in my life. I don't know. But I'm going to just trust the process and try it because it seems like it could be helpful. Why not? And then they sprout into these amazing experiences. And you know, years later, I'm meeting amazing people and doing amazing things, and you know think back, like, you know what? That did make a difference doing that thing. And I can give so many examples, but I'll just try to narrow it down for this episode and say, for the root chakra, I grew up with this constantly moving and having a sense of instability and insecurity in my childhood, no father around. No stability, and always moving. And I worked with the root chakra for a couple of years, doing the root chakra mantra, the lam, doing root chakra meditations, focusing on that energy of stability and grounding. And I actually had a lot of teeth issues for many years, and I had to slowly go to the dentist over and over. I had so many dental operations and procedures. Oh, and uh, work through that stuff, and I haven't had any teeth issues since finding this sort of sense of. Harmony and stability and balance in my root chakra, sense of foundation, family, connection, tribe, purpose. Where do I come from? Why am I here? These sort of big foundational questions. So just one example. I'll give more in future episodes because there's so many, but like working with these has been profoundly helpful for me. And I'll just give a quick example of how to chant these mantras. So it's a monotone sort of sound. You've probably chanted OM before. It's kind of like that. So an example would be It doesn't matter exactly how long it is, but that you feel like it feels natural for you. So I have a pretty big lung capacity, so I could chant for quite a bit longer. But just that general kind of sound And if you can't chant out loud for whatever reason, it's just weird where you are, do it mentally. But chanting it out loud, saying it out loud, I think is a profound effect. And we often underestimate the power of our words. Our words are creating our experience and our reality moment to moment. So what happens if we say words like, lam, this seed mantra of this foundation, these roots. If we're actively acknowledging, addressing, putting all of our attention onto my security, my stability, my foundation, sharing that up, having a sense of roots and stability and security in myself. that's all we're doing, just focusing our attention on these qualities, the color red, the energy of the earth, and chanting Lam. And if we do that out loud, it's giving it more energy, more power. But doing it mentally is very powerful in itself. So no shame in doing it mentally. Uh, And if you're in an environment where that makes more sense, go for it. But get that sort of rhythm, that energy, that focus of the mantra. And then for the second chakra, Vam. Same sort of thing. Doesn't matter the exact pitch, doesn't matter how long it is, doesn't matter if you go off key and you can't sing at all and you're like, oh my god, I don't want to hear my voice. That's interesting, right? That's an interesting thing to look at and explore as well. Finding a sense of uh, okayness with your voice. Maybe you want to chant the throat chakra mantra then or the third chakra mantra, Ram. Building your sense of a healthy ego and identity. It's it's whatever your voice is, it's great. It's beautiful. You have a voice. It's meant to be heard. And I I certainly had to come a long way with that. And I had some my own wounds about my voice. Again, much longer episode, another topic. But uh, this idea that we can bring attention to each of these energy centers and find a sense of harmony where we're most positively healthily balanced in our expression of these energies. We all have all these seven energy centers, these qualities within us, and they're going to be deficient, excessive, or balanced and harmonious. And this is a powerful tool to use that, to to get to that sense of balance and harmony and get out of those imbalances. quietmind.yoga slash meditations with an S or the link in the show notes is where you can get this free download and the mudras, real quick, before we wrap up, uh, the first one is your thumb and index finger touching. Almost everybody knows that one. The second one is your fingers interlaced and the thumb tips touching. The third one is your palms in prayer with your thumbs crossing. And for this is a part of the tradition. Of the more masculine uh, aligned people, if you identify as more masculine. Uh, have your right thumb on top. If you identify as more feminine, left thumb on top. With your uh, hands in prayer, thumbs crossed. The fourth chakra, again, you can do the thumb to index finger for that one, or hands in prayer, or hands covering the heart. The fifth chakra, fingers interlaced and thumb tips touching. So uh, my mistake. The second chakra is the right hand is holding the left hand so it's like a, a base for the left hand, fingers are together and the thumbtips touching. Then the fifth chakra, the fingers are interlaced, thumbtips touching. Why does all this matter? There is power and in intention. And these are the mudras that have been used for at least dozens of years. Some of them, we can go back and see they've been used for thousands of years, but to harness our energy and direct them towards these intentions of these chakras. And then the sixth chakra is the fingers interlaced, but there's a sort of triangle with the the index fingers touching, pointing up. And then the final mudra, the hand position for the crown chakra is the fingers interlaced and the pinkies together pointing up instead of the index fingers. So those are the seven mudras for the seven chakras with the seven mantras. And again, for the crown chakra, silence, is a great way to express that, and just sitting in silence, holding the mudra, and bringing attention to the crown. Or you can use the mantra Aung, A-N-G. And when you chant Om for the third eye, uh, often we'll hear it as O-M, Om, but traditionally in the Upanishads, the source text of all this, it's A-U-M, A-U-M. Um. so we start at the back of the throat to the middle of the throat to the lips and that has very powerful connotations which i talk about in the teacher training those of you in the teacher training Uh, so this is just one page of this week's pdf for the teacher training students and there's so much more i could say about meditation and i will in future episodes But I've said a lot today and hope you find this helpful and I hope you enjoy the practices. Again, check out the free PDF download, QuietMind.Yoga/Meditations, and try these out for yourself. Notice which of these energy centers could use most attention for you right now to come into balance and try doing that practice for 10, 15 minutes once. Maybe try it for a week or if you're really working with an issue over a long period of time, keep doing it until that issue resolves like my teeth issue my sense of foundation or i had stomach issues for years keep doing it until the stomach issues resolve there's a trust there's a faith in this process and more and more and more all of these old practices are being validated by modern science and it's just phenomenal so right now this this is in that realm of esoteric like you know how do we prove does this really work is it just uh placebo it could be but I found it incredibly helpful and I've seen it work incredibly well for students. So try it on, see how it works for you. And if it doesn't work, discard it. If it does work, keep it going and be mindful of where you choose to put your attention as you move through the rest of this week. And lastly, before we go, if you're still listening on When This Goes Live, last day today to join the Quiet Mind membership at the lowest price it'll be offered ever again. You lock that in for as long as you're a member. Otherwise, it opens again in the winter solstice, 2020, December 21st is the next opportunity to join. And by then there'll be even more classes and even bigger community. All right. Thanks for listening. hope you have a great rest of your day.